Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, why don't we get into God's Word, eh, this morning? I really believe that He's going to do something really special. Uh, I'm going to say this as I'm speaking... For a lot of us, there's going to be two things that are going to happen. There's going to be you hearing exactly what I'm saying, but there's going to be another voice, and it's the whole voice of the Holy Spirit. He's with us, and I love how he's already been welcomed, and he's already gone before us. And if you would just stop and listen to what he's saying to you, I believe he's going to drop one thing into your heart that is going to change your life forever. And so... Tune in, listen to his voice, because he's going to do something special. But if you're taking notes and uh, writing some things down, let's turn to our scripture this morning, which is Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. That is Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. And it says this, Immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, While he sent the crowds away, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was already a long distance from land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's why I love the Amplified, because it gives you a little bit more information, it says between three and 6 a.m. says Jesus came to them. And as I was preparing my heart this morning, I felt that God just wanted to tell somebody, you might be in the fourth watch of the night and you've been waiting for something to happen, for something to shift, for something to move. I am just here to let you know that Jesus is coming. He has not forgotten you. He's on his way and he's gonna do something that is gonna change your life in a significant way. He said, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and called him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him with awe-inspired reverence, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you because, God, I believe that you are opening hearts and you are preparing us, God, to receive from you. So I ask that you take my words, God, my very simple human words, God, and you would use them to inspire, to encourage, to uplift, God, to speak into hearts this morning, to show your love, your mercy, your kindness, and your goodness. Father, we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, we can find ourselves in some storms, in some situations. Now, if I am going to be honest, there are some storms that happen because 
of me. <laughs> storms maybe that happen because of my disobedience, storms that happen maybe because of my selfishness, storms that happen because of my independence, or maybe just storms that happen because of my silliness. See, I was about seven and uh, I, I'm originally from Zimbabwe. Uh, I lived there until I was 14. I was about seven years old. And uh, see, the staple food in Zimbabwe is this amazing dish called sadza. Uh, and uh, it is uh, made from, from, from maize. And what we do is we grind it down into a powder and then we cook it in some boiling water up uh, past the point of like a porridge. And it's a little bit of a, uh, like a dense kind of thick starch thing that you eat with a little bit of stew and it's really tasty. And so it had come time uh, when I was living with my, hanging out with my aunt and we just harvested a lot of maize. And what you need to do with the maize, as I said, first you need to take it to the mill so that it can get ground down into this powdery form. So there were these big buckets filled with this maize. So I was about seven or eight. And I decided, you know what, while we're waiting to go there, I'm going to play a game. So I had a couple of coins in my pocket and I thought to myself, why don't I put these coins in the maze, in this grain, and see if I can play a little bit of hide and seek with the coins and try and find them. So I put a couple in first time, you know, just at the kind of surface of the top. And then lo and behold, I got them and I found them and I thought to myself, I'm awesome. Why don't we go deeper? So there I went and I went real deep and I like really shook them in and I like put them in there. And then I tried to find them. I went to the left a little bit, nothing. I went to the right a little bit, there was nothing. I went really, like, really low down, nothing. And before I could find them, my aunt goes, TC, it's time for us to go to the mill and get these ground. Now you'd think at this point, I should say something. Hey, aunt, been playing a game, there's a couple of coins in there, probably not gonna be good for the mill. It's not a good idea. But no, I didn't do that. So anyway, we go to the mill. I know what's in there. The guy takes the bucket. We've just paid for it. He starts putting it down the machine. And I'm praying, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, please. I need a miracle. And the moment you hear this loud screeching sound as the coin, the first one, gets to like the grinder and it just screeches to a halt. And the guy's like, what's going on? And then he goes and he pulls out this mangled piece of coin that has been grounded down. And my aunt's like, Honestly, I can't explain how that got there. Like, I'm not really sure, you know, and stuff like this, TC. And you think at that point, it's about time to say something. Hey, aunt, has been playing a game, coins, there's more, like, we probably shouldn't carry on. But no, I didn't. So the guy goes, if it happens again, this is not going to be cool. So he carries on going. And what happened? The second coin came through. And so his ground is mangled and stuff. And then my aunt just looks at me. And I need to tell you, there was a storm. <laughs> and it wasn't a good storm for me. But, but what about the storms that happen and it's got nothing to do with us? The storms that happen when you're doing exactly what God asked you to do. See, the story is that the disciples have just been hanging out with Jesus and he's been preaching and he tells them to get in the boat and go to the other side. They are directly obeying God's word in this moment, but they find themselves in a storm. If you're looking for a title for my message this morning, I want to talk to you about obedience storms. Storms that find ourselves coming into our life when we are directly following God's plan and purpose. As I said to you, me and my wife are youth pastors at our South Campus. 
And about last year, we were just seeing God do some miraculous things. We had about 200 young people consistently coming to our youth ministry on a Friday just from south itself. And we were packing out buses. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And my prayer during that time was like, God, help us not to lose this. This is amazing. But over the course of time, a bad culture started to come into our youth ministry. And some young people just started coming to try and cause trouble. There were fights breaking out. Some of them, it was really scary because like, you know, I know I'm the youth pastor and stuff like that and I'm supposed to be like the person with authority, but some of these kids are big, man. So there I am being like, hey, stop. And then in my head, I'm just thinking, please don't punch me. I'm too good looking to lose some teeth right now, okay? But this culture just starts coming into our youth ministry and we had to make some decisions and we introduced some bus permission forms to try and make sure that we were getting the right people coming along, the right culture. And I tell you what, we went from about 200 young people coming along on a Friday night to maybe about 40. You know, as a youth pastor, that can be some of the hardest things in life because I'm kind of in that job to grow the youth ministry, not to decrease the youth ministry. And I started to ask God, why? But I was praying, God, I was asking you that this thing would continue to grow. And I asked God that this, that this thing, we wouldn't lose it. So why did I find myself in this place? And it's amazing when you ask God the question, why, that he actually responds. And you know, I'm a young guy, you know, I'm only 27, but there's a few things that I'm beginning to learn about the journey of faith, that we will face storms. And this is what God's been talking to me about my obedience storms. And number one, the thing that he taught me is that obedience storms expose my source. Obedience storms expose my source. See, I'm learning that you can be the most gifted, most talented person. You can be the most educated person, but sometimes there are things that you're going to go through where your gifting, your talent, and your expertise is not going to be enough. We need our source to come from God and God alone because you know what? If our value is planted in people and things that we see around us, then our soul's going to get weary. Think about it. These guys were fishermen. They were experts on the water, but they still found themselves in a storm. Maybe you've been doing Christian life a whole long time. You've been there, you've done that. Sometimes you're gonna go through some stuff where even expertise and experience isn't gonna be enough because we consistently need to value, find our value in the person of Jesus Christ in who he is, in the wisdom of who he is. Obedience storms expose my source because God wants me to be fully reliant on who He is. Second thing that I found is that obedience storms, they actually mature my soul. See, it's not about what's happening around me that matters most, but sometimes I need to look at what's happening in me See, and this is where the enemy will try and, 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 and fool us because he will try and get us all worried and fearful about everything that's going on around us. But if you would stop and say, God, what do you want to do in me? You'll be amazed at what he can do to mature your soul. Habakkuk 3 verse 17 and 18 says this, though the fig tree does not blossom 
and there is no fruit on the vines. Though the yield of the olive fails, and un, of the, though the yield of the olive fails, and the field produces no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold, and there is no cattle in the stalls, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the victorious God of my salvation. I have found that there are some times where you need to make a choice to say, I am going to choose to position myself in a place where I'm going to trust in my God, in what He is doing. Obedient storms mature my soul. The third thing that obedient storms do is they give me an authentic voice. About 2015, my wife uh, called me one morning and she was headed over to uh, the hospital uh, because she'd been having a bit of pain in the abdomen. And uh, she got there and then she called me and she's like, TC, they've just done some tests and they think that I'm pregnant. Of which I was like, man, I need to sit down. This is like crazy. This is amazing. But then she quickly said to me, but they're thinking that it might be a miscarriage. And I'm like, man, this is, that's, that's, okay, that's hard. But you know, because I'm like, man, I got faith. And also I started praying. I was like, God, like, it's going to happen. Are you going to turn it around? And I'm praying in my car. And then I was like, okay, I'll come and meet you. And she's like, no, they're taking me to like the bigger hospital. So come and meet me there. And so I'm heading and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you're going to do something amazing. And I turned up and then they get her in and they do a bit of a scan on her abdomen and then they tell us that what actually was happening was that she had what they call an ectopic pregnancy. And see, because I'm just young and just kind of fickle, I was like, all I heard was pregnancy. And I was like, so, so like, I'm praying, God, like you can do something. And then they explained that that's when like the baby forms in the fallopian tube and so it's actually not a viable pregnancy. But what had happened for my wife is that the ectopic pregnancy had actually burst. And that was pretty dangerous. But I don't know about you, but doctors have the base poker faces sometimes. Because my doctor didn't even make us panic or anything. They were just like, you know what, we just need to get her into surgery really quick. You know, just a quick procedure. She'll be out in no time. Anyway, so my, my wife gets wheeled away. And about four hours later, she comes out. And the doctor's like, yeah, the procedure didn't go to plan. Your wife almost bled out and she almost passed away. And I'm just like, I was just in the room just kind of twiddling my thumbs playing candy crush you know I didn't really I didn't really know what was going on and it's amazing sometimes at God's grace that he can protect us from some of that stuff you know my wife came out of surgery and she was like you know on some really good stuff you know like painkillers and she was like pew 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 and she's like where's my husband well I was like pew you know and I'm just like and then after a while I guess it began to sink in you know at actually what had happened, and I was like, man, that had the potential of being like this beautiful baby, and you know, God, like, what's going on, you know, and one of my mentors, you know, Pastor Scott, he was there at the hospital with me, and he started to speak into, as I was just like, kind of, you know, just pouring out my heart to him, and he gave me a perspective that I won't forget, and he said to me, because, you know, part of their journey is that their firstborn was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital for a long time as, you know, she grew and stuff. And he said that God spoke to him in that moment. He said to him, you know what, I know you're going through something, but have a look around in the hospital at who else is around you. Some of them don't have a loving Savior. Some of them don't have a loving God who can walk through them and journey through this. And that day, 
He was able to speak with an authentic voice because you see, this is what obedient storms will do. They will give you an authentic voice where you're able to speak into other people's lives in such a way that is not condemning, that is not shaming, but you can come alongside them and say, hey, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through, but you can get through it. You can get past this because God is good. So my obedience storms have taught me that now I have an authentic voice to speak into people's lives. And now I might be talking to somebody and maybe you are going through a storm right now. Maybe you're going through something. You're in the middle maybe of turmoil. I just want to remind you, trust in the Lord your God because He is faithful. John 16 verse 33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous. Come on, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy, for I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Come on, somebody. Can we be thankful that though we might go through stuff, there is a Savior who has conquered sin and death and the grave, and we can sit here victorious in the knowledge that he has overcome it all. See, I love this story because it says that Jesus is approaching the boat and the disciples look out and they think to themselves, is that a ghost? It's amazing in the storm, sometimes you don't see clearly. And what God's bringing to actually come and help you sometimes might look like something that feels like it's coming to break you. And Jesus speaks to them and says, do not be afraid. Friend, are you feeding your fear or are you feeding your faith? Come on, we are called not to feed our fear, but we are called to feed our faith. Come on, we sang that song. Sometimes we need to tell the devil, no, not today, because I'm choosing to feed my faith, not my fear. I'm choosing to believe that it is Jesus who is coming to hold my hand. Feed your faith, not your fear. See, I've said to do this thing where, like, I don't know, are there any overthinkers in the house? Come on, you know, you know what I mean? Where, like, like you get into a situation and you're just thinking about everything that could go wrong. So I'm kind of like that. So, you know, it's like, oh, TC, do you want to come and speak at the Winter Project? Do you also want to come and speak on Sunday? I'm like, cool, that would be awesome. And sometimes instead of thinking about everything that could go right, I find my mind going, what if I say something silly? What if they don't like me? The cycle of my thinking starts to get negative. And what God's been teaching me is this thing where you can flip it. He ever tried flipping it? So this is what I do now. What I'm like, what if they like me? What if they think I'm the funniest guy ever? Come on, what if lives changed? What if God does something phenomenal? What if God changes a city? See, I make a decision not to feed my fear, but to feed my faith. Come on, you have the ability not to have a what if something goes wrong. What if something goes right? What if God changes your life? What if God changes your world? Feed your faith, not your fear. I love Philippians 4 verse 8 because it says this. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right, 
and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. I wanna ask, maybe you might be in a storm, maybe you might be in a challenge, but does anybody this morning at Victory Church have something that they can praise God about? Because you might have gone through some stuff, but He can get you through it. You might be in a tight spot, but He can get you through it. You might think it's over and it's done, but He can get you through it. Come on, He can walk on water and He can get you through it. See, this is the part that I love because it says that this guy, Peter, he decides, I'm not going to feed my fear, but I'm going to feed my faith. So he says, Jesus, if it is you, call me to walk on water. And the thing is, if you read your Bible clearly, it says that, the wind and the waves only calmed down after they got in the boat. So Peter had the opportunity to walk on the water while he was still in the storm. Some of you are waiting for the storm to finish, but can I just say this? That while you are in the middle of your storm, God wants to use you to show His glory, to show His purpose, to show His might, to show His power, because He says, I'm not going to be limited by a storm. I am bigger than a storm, and I'm going to show you that you can walk in the midst of difficulty and still praise my name, and still glorify my name, and still say, that I am good and still say that I am faithful and still say that I am wonderful and still say that I am good and still say we can break through and still say we can do it in Jesus name in Jesus name come on maybe as the team comes back and joins me I feel like something's about to break I feel like something's about to happen in this atmosphere I feel like there's some people that are about to get a revelation that when they go back to work on Monday, then they have to face their boss again. They have to be in that situation that has been challenging, that there is a steel and a resolve on the inside to say, I am the one that God has called. And if He has called me to be in here, and if He said, go to the other side and go forth and make disciples, then you know what? I am in the right place at the right time. I'm going to tell the devil, no, not today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 